It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Welcome to Tangential Inspiration. I'm going to talk about Oogie. I wish everybody could see this cute <laughs> Super picture cute. of this dog, a dog that only a family could love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm going to do one of my favorite stories. It's this really cute first grader who's reading to seniors at assisted oh, living. Oh, I, I, I love it already. <laughs> Me too. Very sweet. And about a group... That is rewarding really good servers. Mm. Well done. I like that. Maggie Kuznia is a natural storyteller. She says, did you know you could eat at the Eiffel Tower? She asks a visitor she met. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) The topic then changes to puzzles and ice cream bars. Again, Maggie pausing occasionally to breathe. (laughs) Maggie's storytelling has taken now a geriatric turn. Maggie's mom, Tiffany, and actually her grandpa, both work at Heritage Grove in Minneapolis, St. Paul. It started with, on snow days, Maggie would go with her mom to work. And last winter, Maggie was packing her bag for the day, and her mom reminded her to bring her Nintendo Switch. (sighs) And Maggie said, I'm not bringing that today. I'm going to bring books, and I'm going to read to the residents. I love Maggie (laughs) already. What started on snow days became once or twice a week visits during summer vacation. So snow days and summer Summer. vacation. Yep. Come on, Margaret, Maggie says, taking the hand of 96-year-old Margaret Sondrial. The pair walks the hall to Margaret's apartment. Maggie pulls from her backpack a book called The Good Egg that she has chosen for Margaret. (laughs) And then Margaret helps her say and spell out, exhausted. Maggie accepts Margaret's guidance and pushes on. For the past few months, no one has had more reading tutors than Maggie. (laughs) It's helped her tremendously, her mother says. Hmm. And it has built up her confidence of reading, too. I can see that. Yes. Maggie's parents started reading to their daughter before she was born, but her love of books has further blossomed as Maggie makes the rounds at Heritage Grove. She falls asleep every night with a book in her hands, Tiffany says. That's her mom. Mm. Every morning, there's like three or four books in her bed. Maggie knocks on Joni Benson's door before entering her apartment. Okay, what are you going to read to Grandma? Joni asks. (laughs) Joni isn't really Maggie's grandma. I figure. <laughs> it just feels that way yeah. when the two are sharing a book. Oh. Patty Griggs, this is another resident. She's so impressed. She says, she's such a good little reader. I taught first grade, and I taught kids how to read. There were very few children who could come in and read like that. The pair sits on Patty's couch with the former teacher's arm around Maggie as the first grader reads aloud from a book called The Bad Seed. <laughs> I know, I'm like, Good egg, bad yeah, seed. bad seed. Patty thinks Maggie might be onto something. Maybe more beginning readers could take advantage of the willing residents of senior homes. That's a brilliant idea. I know. I thought yeah. it was so cute. Because I've seen the yes. other way, where during okay. COVID, 
seniors were doing like YouTube videos, reading books to like grandkids and whatnot. Oh. But I haven't, I haven't heard about this. this yeah, yeah. I think that's really smart. I know. I thought that was so cute. Captive audience they have. I know. They can practice their reading. <laughs> I think the intergenerational part is so good. Patty mm-hmm. says. Everybody likes to have the attention of another person and be special to them. And it works both ways for them. Totally. Yeah. I mean, she's getting their attention, reading the book, and then the grandparents. Yeah, the grandparents in quotes, yeah. Are, I'm sure, just ecstatic to have company. Maggie agrees. I really like when she helps me out because it makes me know the words more better. (laughs) I love that. I used to say that. I think it drove my dad a little crazy. Oh, that's Patty smiles. Besides, she says, I give good hugs. Aww. So I just loved this. Yes. I love books too. So this just really touched my heart. Oh, that's awesome. So I couldn't resist this book. I knew it would be a hard read. I brought it in just to show Colleen. How did you dog. find this book? I don't know. It just look at it's like red and it's got hearts and he's got a little. He's adorable. Yeah, he's absolutely adorable. Mm-hmm. But. I knew it would be a tough read, not because of the writing, but because of the subject matter. Oh, okay. Oogie was a bait dog. I don't know what that means. I didn't either. Until okay. This book. Okay. I'll get into that a little bit more okay. later, but just know there's a warning for little ears. Okay. More than a story about a dog, this book told the story of a family through the ups and downs of life. And seriously, What's more inspirational than that? Right. We all right. can relate to that. Right. So this author, Larry Levin, I guess at one point lived in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, okay. So just a little fun fact. But yeah, with social media, it's easy to feel inadequate. It is. We're comparing our life to someone else's perfect reel. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. They're putting the best stuff up there. Sure. Highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Most people don't post the challenges. Right. So for me, this book was a good reminder that we all have challenges to overcome. For the most part, the author had a pretty typical childhood with one major, major exception. He lost his older sister. His, his, she was two years older than him. His sister named Susie when he was just three years old. So it just left him and his younger brother. So she would have been like five. Yeah, it was so confusing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure this impacted the family dynamics. Of course. And just how he was raised. I think they were pretty jaded. His relationship with his parents wasn't the greatest. And he's quick to move on after telling his story because he notes that the book is about... The dog. Right. And not him. Right. So, right. The author and his wife um, had been trying to adopt for quite some time. He points out that he wasn't exactly excited at the thought of being a dad, most likely because of the tenuous relationship he had with his parents. Sure. Um, Didn't have maybe a great example. Yeah. Didn't think of it as a neat experience or loving experience. And I think he thought... I've got a great, why would I want to give my life to someone else? And But still. It is a sacrifice. It is. Oh, totally. Sure. To, absolutely worth it. But sure. it is. It sure. is. So he and his wife, Jennifer, you know, tried to start a family. But after several painful miscarriages, they decided to go the adoption route. Mm-hmm. Because he was over 40, most agencies wouldn't accept their application. Over 40, so, and so many people that age would be great parents. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, that Mm -hmm. floored me, so. I didn't um, know that was an issue. I didn't either. So then they heard about and applied with Golden Cradle, 
which kind of reminds me of the Golden Bachelor that's right. going to be on. Right. I can't hear Golden without thinking of that right now. But <laughs> I prefer Golden Cradle, mm-hmm. an adoption company in South New Jersey. And so they applied and just hoped for the best. Mm-hmm. Golden Cradle is a nonprofit adoption agency founded by Artie Elgert, a man who wanted to make the adoption process easier after he waited five years to adopt his first child. The agency asks the birth mothers what qualities they want in families so they can look, so the agency can look for the proper families that have the qualities that the birth mom wants. Right. So they find the best match. When the families are notified that they've been placed, the agency calls to tell them that a stork has arrived. Oh. Isn't that sweet? Yes. So Larry and his wife Jennifer waited and waited and waited and no call about a stork finally the day arrived and they get a call with an added bonus there were actually two babies for this adoption yes (laughs) but still a little bit of a surprise and overwhelmed yes so they hustle out and buy all i mean this is within 24 hours they're gonna have these new babies so they hustle out they buy all the necessary baby items times two while the author, when they met the babies, he he's not quite sure of their appearance, you know, and how cute they are. But yeah. his wife, Jennifer, thought they were just perfect. So are they twins or yes, were they from twins. two different? Okay. Yes, they're twins. Okay. So they named them Daniel and Noah. They That's picked adorable. Noah because of the ark. Right. And these boys, you know, came in too. Right. Cool. It also is really cute because when they bring in Oogie, they call him the third twin. Coming along with these boys, you know, with these boys. So time goes on and life gets busy with school and wrestling and lacrosse. We know how quickly kids grow. And January 2002, the boys had recently turned 12. They had to make the difficult decision to take their their cat, Buzzy, into the vet to begin to transition to the the other side. Yes. The cat was 14, and he had been adopted as a kitten. They had rescued him. I'm not even sure how the poor guy survived. When they got him, Buzzy came with infections in both eyes. He was extremely malnourished with such a flea problem that they had to hire an exterminator upon his arrival. But Buzzy had a great life once he was there. At the end, he, you know, had a rapid decline, and it was obviously close to the end, so they wanted to keep Buzzy as comfortable as possible. When Larry came home one day and found him underneath the table in his own waist, he had lost his will to move. They decided they needed to go to the vet. So the boys joined along, and as they're in the waiting room, this technician walks out with this white puppy, and... The author noted that it was a visual oxymoron because the right side of his face was adorable, like this picture. Okay. But the left side of his face was this flamingo pink, you know, with this scar tissue. Oh. He said it looked like his face had melted. It was all droopy. His head appeared swollen and distorted. The back of his lower lip drooped below his jawline. The dog broke away from the technician and ran toward the boys like they were his long-lost family. Right. Noah got down on one knee, you know, to say hello. And the dog jumped towards him, knocking him over, climbing on his (laughs) chest, and just licking his face. (laughs) So when he picked up the dog, he said his fur was so soft it felt like a plush toy. They asked the vet what had happened to this poor, mangled dog. And the vet flatly replied that he was a bait dog. He explained that people who participate in dog fighting will use smaller dogs and cats to train them. 
This little guy had been confiscated during a police raid. They found him in a kennel, bleeding to death, and brought him to the hospital. Fortunately, Dr. Bianco was able to save him after hours of surgery. They thought he was a pit bull and about four months old. With how sweet this little guy was and how he instantly attached to the twins, Larry just, you know, was (laughs) certain they had to take him home. Okay, also, if you have two children begging you, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I could have gotten out of there. I know, no. Two. No, Maybe I know. one, I could have no, escaped. No. This face? No, 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 no. So, when he asked who the little guy belonged to, he was thrilled to hear no one. Turning to the boys, he asked them what they thought. They were an easy sell. Oh, Jennifer, or as he noted, the house CEO, as he referred to her, wasn't as enthusiastic. So she was hesitant for a good reason. Yes. They had adopted a dog before that had bit a friend. So and and they said the family was very cool about it. It all ended up okay, but they had found out the dog wasn't the breed they they had been told. So they had been told that the the adopted dog they got was a retriever Airedale mix, which is funny because everything's a retriever mix. Right. Not since retriever and But apparently it was mostly chow. And they said with chows, anyone besides the caretaker is fair game. Oh. So they learned that the hard way. So she was very hesitant. Right. Right. Jennifer asked the vet, what I want to know is... Since this animal is an abused pit bull, how can we be sure it's never going to hurt anyone? Right. Which I absolutely 100% understand. But the vet said back to her, Dr. Bianca replied, this dog doesn't have a mean bone in his body. He'll never bite anyone. So she agreed to give him a try. That's so funny because I would have thought he would have responded of no guarantees. Yeah, absolutely. Because I would have probably said, yeah, that, hey, how, I know. this is an animal. You but can't they, guarantee anything. Over and over and over again, they said this dog was just special. They were like, it's yeah. not it's not the dog that's lucky that he has you. It's you that's, you guys are lucky that to you got this him. dog. He was just a very special dog. Wow. So, you know, he told him he'd never bite anyone. So she agreed to give him a try. So this dog had been going home with a woman from the clinic, and they decided it would be mm. best to continue to do that to for him to get crate trained, and then they would give Larry a call when the time was right. So I just wanted to read a section of the book. He said, after leaving the hospital, I considered the uniqueness of the weekend's lessons. Facing the loss of a loved companion, we had started Saturday morning consumed by sadness, Mm -hmm. despondent, resigned to an unavoidable chasm that lay before us without any indication that anything other than bleakness would be our lot for the day. We had encountered the total opposite experience. I knew the boys would appreciate the way in which events had unfolded. It represented a lesson one rarely had the opportunity to illustrate with such immediacy. Life going out one door and in another, which I just thought was beautiful. Yes. Because they were having to say goodbye to Buzzy. Yeah. Which was hard. But, you know, it was just amazing, a little miracle that this dog was there. Right. And they each needed each other. Right. So, clearly, the little guy was so ugly that he was cute. <laughs> they couldn't call him ugly, so they decided to make up their own name for ugly, a more endearing one. That's why it's Oogie. Yes. <laughs> So it was evident right away that this dog was meant for them. He was such a little lover and a protector. One night, the boys, it was um, recent after he just had been dropped off with them. 
the boys were taking turns in the bathtub, and when one of them went underwater, I can't remember which one, he walked up and was, you know, barking for help, being a little protector. <laughs> Thinking they're drowning. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the poor guy, he got stares. Parents often pulled their kids in closer in fear, and they oh. even lost some friends over wow. their new family member. Yeah, people were scared that he was a pit bull. Hmm. Yeah. I, I guess I don't automatically assume when I see a pit yeah. bull to be scared. A lot of people do. A lot of people oh. are just scared of dogs. Okay. When you walk a dog, you can, yeah. Okay. You can see that. Okay. Okay. And pit bulls have a horrible reputation. Okay. I must say, though, that I've only come across two mean pit bulls. Okay. Years ago. This is a long time ago. I came home to, at our first house and I saw the fence moving. Okay. Two dogs had escaped and they were in our backyard. I didn't know this. I go oh. outside. They came to try and get me. And, um, yeah, it was all I could do to push the picnic table between me and the door. And I just backed back into the sliding glass door. Thank goodness I left my, I've left the baby inside. Right. When I was inside, they kept attacking the sliding glass door and I'll never, ever forget how scared I was. Just the, you know, you could see them burying their teeth and they, they wanted to get me. Right. The growling, trying to break the glass door. I knew that they would have mauled me. And the right. baby, if given the opportunity. Wow. Even animal control, when they came out, they were scared. I mean, that's how bad these dogs were. So one of the dogs was named Arson, and I think the other one was Killer, some ridiculous name. But my point is that I've met so many extremely kind and gentle pit bulls. Right. So it just depends on their humans. Right. That's what I was going to say, yeah. too. Yeah. All dogs. Right. All dogs. Right. So, yes, I'm cautious around them. But you should be cautious around any dog. I mean, you right. should be cautious around any animal. I mean, animal. I usually ask yeah. oh, me if too. I can pet. Yeah. Me too, because I don't want to scare the dog. Right. And that's when they're going to do something, when they're scared. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Always ask. The awful part for poor Oogie um, is that he was dog-shamed for being a pit bull. But they'd later realize that he wasn't actually a pit bull. Oh. <laughs> I they know. they do a little DNA I don't know how they, well, so he, he had something, he went into a, um, some, you know, he had some procedure. He had a ton of surgeries because oh, wow. this guy had just been through so much. And one of the, when he went in for something, they were like, oh, that's a Dogo, D-O-G-O. I'm probably saying it wrong. Okay. And that was the first time they, they knew. And so he looked it up and when he looked it up, he's like, that's Oogie. Yeah. Interesting. So it's actually Dogo Argentino. And they're bred to hunt pumas. Oh. Which were, a, you know, they dangerous to livestock. Right. So, and boars, which devastate crops, both of which were ravaging farms in Argentina. That's where these originated. Because the farmers and landowners couldn't stop them or bring them under control. So, the dogos derived from a now extinct breed of the dog of Corbado. I think I read that they're illegal in the UK, hmm. these dogs. Okay. So it's a fighting dog and includes traits of the Great Dane. They bred that in for size. Boxers, they bred in for liveliness and gentleness. Spanish Mastiff for the power. They bred in some uh, bulldog for the ample chest and bullness. Some bull terrier for fearlessness. Some Great Pyrenees for the white coat to deflect heat. Some pointer was bred in for the sense of smell. They bred wow. in some, this is insane, I know. They bred in some Irish wolfhound to increase endurance and hunting instinct. 
And then finally, the Dogu de Bordeaux for the powerful jaws. Adult Dogos typically weigh between 100 and 110 pounds. Um, so this guy, the vet in all of his years had only seen one other Dogo. So that's hmm. why it just didn't come to his mind. Sure, it's not and the first thing you no, think of. No, Right. So he he thought he was a pit bull because they kind of look like a pit bull. And just more common. Yeah, just absolutely. Common. Yeah. But because he was a dogo and not a pit bull, that means that he was no more than two months old when they rescued him oh from that rage. One thing baby. that really touched me, though, was that the vet at um, Ardmore Animal Hospital never charged them for any of Oogie's care. Wow. I know. Pretty amazing. Yes. Considering he needed a ton of surgeries to correct damage. I mean, there was one time that when they went into the vet for something else, he's like, he's in a lot of pain. And they're like, no, he doesn't seem to be complaining. But he he said the vet could notice how his skin was, something was pulling on his face. Oh. And he just, he said. Poor babe. He's not saying anything because, you know, he's not noting anything because right. he's so sweet. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to cause any trouble. Exactly. Oh, so goodness. he was tough and sweet and didn't want to complain. Yeah. So they did do the surgery so that they could make him more comfortable. Sure, but still, sure. a lot Such of surgeries for that. Yes. Very sweet. And it wasn't like the family got away from any vet bills, though. Poor Oogie had a couple of torn ACL surgeries. Wow. And that specialist didn't cut them right. any deals. <laughs> no, those are really expensive. Yeah. 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 Still, it felt good to take care of him. Oogie needed them and felt good to be, you know, for the family to be needed, especially for this father. Larry opened up about how the whole experience enabled him to feel good about himself. And in many ways, he saw himself in Oogie and how they just needed each other. Right. This story just touched me in so many ways because of the bond between this poor little helpless puppy right. and his family. I love how they watched out and cared for each other. One time they came home from an outing and a window was open that, that no one had left open. They concluded that someone had tried to break in and took one look at Oogie and decided it wasn't the house for them. <laughs> so obviously they had no idea he was a lover and not a fighter. But just that little face. Yes. At him. <laughs> well, and he probably was barking. I mean, probably. Yeah. Oh, that's. So I was just cute. happy that Uki gave humans a second chance. Right. And I'm so grateful for the people that gave didn't him give a up. second yeah, chance. Yeah, didn't give up on him. Right. I love that he reminded me you can't judge dogs, you can't judge people. You right. need to give them a chance first. Everybody assumed he was a pit bull and aggressive and all right. of this. He was the sweetest little guy on the planet. Right. So definitely a lesson in forgiveness. And I love that he loved his people with everything. Right. Like he didn't want to leave them. It just was a good reality check for me. Right. It also, I wanted to go over a few things with pet adoptions because okay. I did learn mm-hmm. so much. And not everybody can adopt cute little cats and dogs at a shelter. You know, one thing, too, like, we didn't adopt till my kids were a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I, it just, I couldn't do it when they were small. Yeah. I just oh, yeah. didn't have yeah. it in me, right? Yeah. And I, I kind of feel like sometimes there's a time and a season. Oh, right? absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I remember that it worked best when my kids were, I think, I think they were 9 and 11. And a good right? shelter will be honest with you about that. Right. Yeah. Right. They'll let you. And we in. did cats because for yeah. us that worked. Yeah. There are so tons think, of cats in your right. home, I think, so that's you know, great. What works for you and yeah. timing and yeah. everything else. All of so, it. Yep. 
So there are lots of ways you can help a shelter in your area. Obviously, donate money to the shelter. This is obvious and easy as shelters always can use donations. But there are other ways to help. Spreading the word. Mm -hmm. Work with your local shelter to get the word out on adoption opportunities. Some shelters do special adoption days or events. I know at Halloween, often they'll do, um, you know, black cats are free. Oh, I know, poor black yeah. cats. I know. They're the cutest, but yeah. they have, um, yeah. I don't so, understand that because I don't, I don't get that it doesn't either. bother me, no, really. I think I, they're, yeah. That wouldn't bother me. No. That wouldn't make or break it for me. I could still have a million of them. Yeah. I would. That's all. Yeah. So spread the word through social media or even and put up flyers at areas that might be receptive, like a you know pet supply store. Right. Share adoption profiles on your social media so people you know might be interested in adopting pets, particularly with pictures and a little background about the cute little critter. I think somebody had like different Taylor Swift names. Oh, I saw and, that. And they were like, it's <laughs> yeah, more like so it gives cute. them, it gives them, you yeah. know. Yeah, I do follow a lady, and it, she has like every time she gets a a batch of kittens, mm-hmm. it's there's a theme name oh, for them. That's cute. <laughs> so cute. That's cute. Some shelters can use help transporting animals from facility to facility to vet appointments or other places. Dog walking. Some oh, shelters yeah. may need volunteers to help make sure the animals get enough exercise. The walks are good for you, mm-hmm. and they help reduce the stress of animals waiting for their forever home. This is probably Colleen's favorite idea. Go volunteer to hang out with cats yep. and give them cuddles and play. Yeah, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, gather supplies. Almost every shelter has a wish list of items they need. It might be food, toys, bedding, litter, or even cleaning supplies. Find out what they need and help gather it to be dropped off at the shelter. And you can keep an eye out for things a shelter might need on, you know, free stuff websites and other social media pages. I talked briefly about that woman who's 93 who's making um, cat beds for the shelter. (laughs) And a lot of them have Amazon wish lists. You can go right to their page. Yeah. It's easy. Easy, easy. Mm Um, if you're handy, a shelter might need your help with repairs or building things. Like a catio. <laughs> yeah. I'd be more like cleaning the catio. But, um, other talents, maybe you're a web designer, a writer, an accountant. There may be needs in a shelter that your talents could be put used to. Maybe you're really good at Instagram. You can use a shelter's social media game. I saw during COVID, one boy went and was really working that angle. So cute. Do you take great pictures of your own fur baby? Maybe you could help find some animals their forever home by using your photography skills to market pets for adoption. Be creative with what you use, you know, what you can do, your right. gifts. And also fundraise for your shelter. Some people are using, you know, like weddings, birthdays, or even funerals to have people donate to their favorite pet charities rather than getting presents or flowers, which I think is a Bailey went to a birthday party like that. I think she was probably around 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And you didn't bring gifts for the birthday girl. You brought gifts for a shelter. And they had a list of things you could bring. See, that was the first time I met and was for her 40th birthday. It was a birthday run. Okay. And no gifts. It was you brought cat food for the cat shelter. Yes. It was awesome. I love it. So, yeah, I I I think that's a brilliant idea. I love Oogie. Me too. (laughs) 
So every few months, a group of Massachusetts friends gather in an unsuspecting restaurant to surprise their server with a huge tip. I love that idea. They call themselves the $1,000 Breakfast Club. Although their latest tip was actually $1,300. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Tulio Maldonado, who served the group most recently, was shocked when a member of the group, Richard Brooks, started counting $100 bills in front of him. Oh my goodness. This club has become known for their random acts of kindness towards servers. They post their giveaways on social media, hoping to inspire others to start their own breakfast club, spread the generosity. I (laughs) I know that. So Richard Brooks, the man behind the club, got the idea from his brother, who heard about a similar group in California. He says, we kind of do it for ourselves. (laughs) But the benefit is we get to give this guy the money and he's going to pay his bills. You get a really good feeling out of it. When Brooks first organized the group, most of the members didn't know each other. Now they've become friends. He said, I'm a teacher. We have a dental hygienist that heard about this and wanted to join in. When you add us all together, it turns into quite a bit of money, said Jeffrey Paris, a member of the club. So I don't know how they decide how much they're going to mm-hmm. give or how they how they decide still, what a that. fun way to get mm-hmm. to know people and like feel good for everybody. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a millionaire or a famous celebrity to make someone's day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this guy will never forget this. Maldonado said, I got a lot of bills to pay, so that is sure going to help me out. Brooks said, it's like being Santa Claus. I love that. (laughs) Good story. Yes. It's funny with you mentioning about clubs, because Mm -hmm. I just joined a club on Facebook called Pause on Plastic. Okay. And it's actually in Scotland. Okay. But what they do, they take a pledge to pick up two pieces of litter while they're out walking their dogs. Oh, that's a great idea. So then they pick up the piece, they put it in the the bag, they take it home, empty it into the bin, and they really want people to post photos of the dog on their page to celebrate (laughs) the efforts and to spread the word. A dog and the plastic. Yes, (laughs) and just the garbage and that they're, they're doing it. It said all the pieces that you're picking up are helping reduce the amount of plastic ending up in the sea. And I just love that, you know, these groups are getting creative. Right. That just reminded me of a new group that I, I joined. I just also really like just the cute dog pictures. Yes. I think that's yes. really just fun. Like, Animal it puts a pictures. smile on your yes. face, too. Yes. So. And they're getting out. They're getting exercise. Their humans are feeling good because yep. they're cleaning up garbage. Yep. Yeah. So I'm part of Pause on Plastic, but I need okay. to start. I need to start a Portland branch, right? Oregon branch. <laughs> you don't want to be part of the Scotland branch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do, but I'm. It's a pretty large commute. Yes. We can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. Ronald Reagan. We want to hear from you. Please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life and like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Follow us on Instagram at tangentialinspirationpodcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.